0: Good to have you here this morning, and again, we're going to continue our thoughts on prophecy. We've been in a series on prophecy now three weeks, and so continue some thoughts on prophecy. Kind of looked at Israel and Bible prophecy, and uh, look last week at 2 Timothy. I do want to rerun through 2 Timothy a little bit here this morning, but before we do, let's turn to Luke chapter 18 and uh, verse number 8. Luke chapter 18, verse number 8, and... uh, Again, as we consider some thoughts on Bible prophecy, it's good for us to consider the characteristics of the last days and uh, what I've been cleaning is the climate of the last days. And these, I think, are outlined scripturally in the Word of God in several passages. But uh, Luke chapter 18, and I just want to read a single verse there to begin with. And uh, reading here in uh, verse number 8, it says, I tell you that he will avenge them speedily, Nevertheless, when the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Shall he find faith on the earth? It's a good question for us to uh, look at a little bit here. Again, as we consider some thoughts on prophecy here today, uh, shall he find faith on the earth? But let's pray as we consider some thoughts from the word of God. Father, thank you, Lord, for your word again here today and ask, Lord, you would bless this time as we meet again, help reveal truth to those that need to hear it as well as Again, true to us all, Father, I pray that you would help us to understand, uh, again, what the days uh, are like and going to be like in the last days. Again, help us by your grace to receive these things and believe these things. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Shall he find faith on the earth? Again, I, I believe there's going to be a lack of faith on the earth. There's going to be an extreme lack of faith on the earth. And we'll see that, I think, in the word of God Again, let's turn to 2 Timothy chapter 3. I'm talking true faith. When we talk about faith, there's false faith and there's true faith. And as we consider the last days, I think you're going to find a lack of true faith on the earth. As you look around, I believe you can see it in society. Very few, again, day to day really take God seriously. I mean, uh, over the last two years, you've really seen a, a diminishing in people. And again, I'm not saying this is making it all, but, but a diminishing in, in people with true faith, standing for the faith and with the faith, some standing against the faith, uh, and all kinds of different things when it comes to the faith. But when a son of man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? That's something to think about. Shall he find faith on the earth? Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, we looked at this last week, and I just want to just uh, roll through this hopefully here quickly this morning as we consider Again, a little review of the four characteristics, I believe, are characteristics of the last days. Uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse number 1 uh, through verse number 8, give us some thoughts on the last days. Verse number 1, it says, This know also that in the last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own self, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness but denying the power thereof from such turn away. For of this sort are they they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away of diverse lusts, ever learning, and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now as Jannes and jammers withstood Moses, so do these resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. When the Son of Man cometh, shall he find faith on the earth? Look at verse number 8 again. They resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. So we consider the climate or the conditions of the last day, the first things we mentioned there last week concerning the last days that I want us to see from this passage here that Paul gave us. Uh, these days will be marked by peril or perilous. And this is certainly key to this passage. It says the last days perilous times shall come. Again, uh, dangerous, dangerous last days, dangerous last days. Again, in verse number 2, we looked at, also last week, defiant last days. It mentions there, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, blasphemers, blaspheming God, disobedient to parents, defiant, to parents, to God, to authority. Again, you see there, disobedient to parents, It goes on and says in verse number four, it says traitors, heady, heady means stubborn, not willing to be taught. Again, I believe that's part of the marks of the last days. It'll be not only dangerous days, but defiant days. uh, Thirdly here, I want to mention here, uh, dark days. By this, I mean anti-God, anti-truth. Bible mentions there in verse number two, it says blasphemers, blasphemers. It goes on there in verse number three, it says without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers. A lot of people get accused of things they never did or things that, you know, whatever people get lied about today. It goes on there and says, uh incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good. Right is wrong, and wrong is right. (laughs) It's dark. I mean, this is what, I mean, promoted in our schools, promoted in society, promoted even in churches. Wicked, defiling, wrong things. Anti-God. Anti-truth. And it says there, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. goes on in verse number 8, it says, they're reprobate concerning the faith. Not right, certainly concerning the faith. And so, again, as we consider the climb of the last day, we see it's both dangerous and defiant and dark. But we looked at fourthly, and finally, just want to mention this quickly, deceptive. Deceptive. You see that in verse number five. It says, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof from such turn away. A form. Doesn't mean it's after, right? But it's a form. Form of religion. Again, we find here in the Bible, it describes it being deceptive. People being deceived, they have a form of godless, not coming to the truth, reprise, reprobate concerning the faith. In verse number 13, we, we looked at this last week also, but evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. Deceptive, deceiving others and deceive them own self. And so described here as deceptive days. Well, let's turn, if you would, to Matthew chapter 24, cast more light here if we could here this morning on where the world's headed or where the world will be when the Lord doth return. Matthew chapter 24, long chapter. Again, I'm not going to be able to look at it all. Certainly maybe could if you'd be willing to sit down maybe three, four hours with me and I could kind of look at it more closely. But again, we're just going to look at parts of this here today as we consider uh, some thoughts on the last day or where the world's headed. Again, let's go ahead and read uh, just part of this chapter, we're going to just look at the first 14 verses and we're going to skip through those and then go because trying to bring context in and then look at the verses towards the end of the chapter, verse 35 through 42. Uh, Matthew chapter 24, verse number one, it says, And Jesus went and departed from the temple, and his disciples came to him to show him the buildings of the temple. And Jesus said unto them, See that uh, all these what? See ye not all these things, verily I say unto you, there shall not be left here one stone upon the other that shall not be thrown down. And as he sat on the mount of all the disciples, came unto him privately, saying, Tell us when shall be these things, and what shall be the sign of, the, uh, of thy coming, and of the end of the world? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Take heed that no man deceive you, For many shall come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and shall deceive many, and shall hear of wars and rumors of wars, see that ye be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you to be afflicted, and shall kill you, And you shall be hated of all nations for my sake. And then shall you be offended and shall betray one another and hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. And this gospel, the kingdom, shall be preached in all the world for a witness unto all nations. And then shall the end come. Then shall they come. They ask him in verse number 14 what shall be the sign of the coming end of the end of the world? And it says that the, the gospel will be delivered to the world. I want us to skip through a number of verses. We're going to go to verse number 35, if you would, and then come to the end of the chapter. Verse 35. It says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. But of that day and hour knoweth no man, know the angels of, of heaven, but my father only. But as the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be, for in the days that were before the flood they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving to marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark. And knew not until the flood came and took them all away. So shall the coming, the Son of Man, be. Then two shall be in the field, the one shall be taken, the other left. Two shall be in the grinding in the mill, the one taking the other left. Watch ye therefore, for ye you know not the hour that the Lord doth come. But know this, that if the good man in the house had known in what watch the thief would come, he would have watched and would have not suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore be ye ready for an hour that ye think not the Son of Man cometh, who then is faithful and wise servant, when his Lord shall be ruler over his household, to give him meat in due season. Blessed is thy servant, whom the Lord, when he cometh, shall find so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his goods. But, and if that evil servant say, shall say in his heart, My Lord, the his is coming, and shall begin to smite his fellow servants, and to eat and to drink and with, uh, with the drunken, and the Lord that, of that servant shall come in that day when he looketh not for him, in an hour that he is not aware of, and shall cut him asunder and appoint him his portion with the hypocrites. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And I want to consider some thoughts on the last days, but let's pray as we consider these thoughts. Father, thank you again for today. Praying that you would indeed again help each one to understand these things, retain these things, and and see these things in the Bible that your Word does reveal to us. Help us by your grace again to understand that uh, the days preceding the Son of God returning will not be days of light, but rather of darkness. And help us, again, by your grace to see this from the Scripture. We pray this in Jesus' name, for sake. Amen. I'm going to try to concentrate here, if you would, on some thoughts here. Uh, Towards the end of the chapter, we'll look at the beginning of the chapter, maybe some other time. But uh, as we look at the, the end of the chapter, it mentions something about what I believe the climate of the last days will be like. And uh, I'd like you to pick up there in verse number 37 and verse 38. It says, But as in the days of Noah were, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be? For as in the days that were before the flood that they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving to marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. As we consider some things on the last days, I want us to consider, first of all, that I believe those days will be marked by perversion like the days of Noah. They will be marked by days of perversion like the days of Noah. As the days of Noah were past, so shall the coming of the man, Son of Man be. For as the days before the flood, they were eating, drinking, and marrying, and giving to marriage. That's what it's going to be like. Certainly could be a lot like today. We, we live in a day of eating and drinking, eating and partying, marrying given to marriage, a worldliness, pleasure seeking, just kind of going through the motions in society as a normality in today. As the days of Noah were, people didn't have time for God, did they? They didn't think about God. They didn't listen to God. They didn't heed the warning of God. As a large population, they all died rejectors of God. Let's turn back to Genesis chapter 6. If it's going to be like the days of Noah, what were the days of Noah like? Well, the days of Noah were pleasant days to live in. I wouldn't want to live in the days of Noah the days of Noah marked by certainly spiritual darkness and danger and all those things that we mentioned before. Uh, again, the second Timothy makes mention of these things. Uh, we find here. again, the Bible described the days of Noah just before the flood came. And uh, just want to look a little bit in Genesis chapter six, if you would, just looking at a few verses here. We could look at more, but we want to just uh, kind of point out what these days were like. Uh, verse number five, it says, "And God saw the wickedness of man, that it was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was evil continually." Now that's describing the whole of society. It's marked by great wickedness. It says the wickedness was great. It was great. I have the word wickedness circled. The word great circled. That that was the society that Noah lived in. It was a wicked, wicked society. A sinful society. Anti-God society. A totally depraved society. A supreme, sinful kind of a society. Open wickedness, great wickedness. That marked Noah's day. It was a time of great wickedness. But also, look at verse number 11. It was also, secondly, a, a time of Again, extreme or great corruption. In verse number 11, it says, and the earth was corrupt before the Lord and the earth was filled with violence. Not just pockets of violence here and there, but violence everywhere. It was filled with violence. This is God's vantage point. This doesn't mean it's, again, our vantage point, but that was what this age of Noah was like. As the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be, time of great wickedness, a time of great corruption, the earth was corrupt, corrupt before the Lord, and it was filled before the Lord. As again, we looked at uh, Timothy, and it mentioned again, uh, being perilous. Again, I believe that the description of the days before the Lord be re- 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 returning will be described largely as being corrupt. And certainly we could talk about corruption a lot. I'm not going to talk about it. There's corruption everywhere. I mean, It's in in governments, it's in, in schools, it's in houses, it's in places of work. There's all kinds of corruption going on. There's also, as it describes there in verse number 11, it was filled with violence, and so violence everywhere. So great violence, great corruption, great wickedness, and finally here, great ungodliness. Verse number 12, it says, And the Lord looked upon the earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh had corrupted his way. On the earth. In ungodliness. All flesh had corrupted its way. In the earth. Noah was a preacher. In those days. Let's turn to 2 2 Peter chapter 2. Verse number 5. Did he uh, bring many into the faith? Did many believe. The salvation of the soul. Did they believe in the grace of God? Did they find faith. In God, during Noah's day, did people respond well to the gospel and to the truth? He being a prophet and a preacher, were were people listening to the word of God? Were they heeding the word of God? No, they were eating, drinking, marrying, giving to marriage. That was what they were doing. They were just doing things like people do today, just kind of going through the motions and, and doing what most people do, living according to their flesh, not the spirit. 2 Peter chapter 2 here, verse number 5. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse number 5. It says, and spare not the old world, but saved Noah, the eighth person, a preacher of righteousness, bringing in the flood upon the world of the ungodly. How was the world described at that time? The world of the ungodly. The godly were in control. The godly ruled. The godly were praises of preeminence. Again, I believe it was about 1,500 years and the world had become so corrupt that God decided to destroy it. It was so wicked. It was so violent. It was so corrupt. It was wholly set against God. There was but a few. other few that be saved? There's just a few faithful, Worldwide. Can you imagine? The Bible describes again the days before the Lord returns as being like the days of Noah. Let's turn to Luke chapter 17. I want to consider a parallel passage to Matthew chapter 24. Many of the things mentioned there in Matthew 24 are also mentioned in Luke. But there's something also different that's given here in in Luke chapter uh, 17 that I like to consider as we consider the uh, conditions of the last days, they will be times of perversion, corruptness, if you would. Corrupt, that's the key word, if you would. Corrupt, just corrupt. Like you find an apple orange is corrupt. It's no good. It's something's wrong with it. In Luke chapter 17, verse number 26, it says here, if you would, Luke chapter 17, verse number 26, and I'm going to read there to the end of the chapter, if you would follow along with me. As it was in the days of Noe, so shall also the days of the Son of Man. They did eat, they drank, they married wives, they were given to marriage until the day that Noe entered in the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Didn't destroy everyone. Someone says, well, it doesn't mean that. It means everyone except for Noah and those upon the ark. Likewise, also as it was in the days of Lot, they ate, they drank, they bought, they sold, they planted, they built it, but the same day the lot that lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. Even thus shall it be in the day that the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be on the housetop and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is not, he that is in the field, let him. Likewise, not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose, it, and whosoever loses his life shall preserve it. I tell you that in that night, there shall be two men in the, in, in the bed. One shall be taken, the other left. Two women shall be grinding together. The one shall be taken, the other left. Two men shall be in the field. The one taken, the other left. And they answered and said unto him, Where, Lord? And he said unto them, Wheresoever the body is thither will the eagles be gathered together. Again, we see here another thought here that uh, marks, I believe, the last days. Not only will it be like the days of Noah, but also, as it describes here in the Bible, in verse number 28, the days of Lot. Now, there's overlap in the days of Noah and the days of Lot, but I, I see something else mentioned here, and I just want to mention this as we consider the days of Lot It mentions they ate, they drank, they sold, they planted, they built it. They bought, they sold, they planted, they built it. You know, we we live in a day where people do these things. They eat, they drink, they buy, they sell, they plant, they build. Buying and selling, planting, building. Today, a great building. I mean, great skyscrapers, all kinds of buildings going up, isn't there? All kinds of innovations going on in our day. All kinds of different things being going, going on. I believe the days of Lot were not days of, uh, of doing nothing. They were building, planting, buying, selling. That's why Lot was in Sodom, right? For business. He was there for business. Let's turn to uh, Genesis chapter 13. Like the days of Noah, like the days of Lot. The days of Lot. What were the days of Lot like? They were... Buying, selling, building, making. Uh, some people would say they were advancing. They were headed you know, uh, towards doing what you know, people should be doing, just spending their time having fun, so to speak. They were eating and drinking, and they were buying, selling, planting, and building. That's what life is about. That's all it's about. Well, read Ecclesiastes sometimes. You'll find that's not what life's all about. You find the conclusion of the matter there at the end. You can read that sometime in Ecclesiastes. But Genesis chapter 13, here, verse number 12, and verse number 13 describes, again, some of the details of what Lot lived through. Genesis uh, uh, 13, verse number 12, it says, And Abram dwelt in the land of Canaan, and and Lot dwelt in the cities of the plain, and pitched this tend toward Sodom, but the men of Sodom were wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. that sounds like that's just like a community, just a wicked community. Not like the days of Noah, but just a wicked community, a perverted community. In that perverted community, how did people operate? You know, the details there are hard to even publicly publish to some degree. But let's look at them a little bit. Let's turn to Genesis chapter 19. What were... What was this place, Sodom, like? It was a place of sexual perversion, sexual wickedness. It was a violent city. And I, I want to just say that, that's what this city was like. Again, if someone says, you know, that city's like Sodom. It would be described as a city full of wickedness. Again, the Bible describes the men of Sodom in in, in, in chapter thirteen as being wicked and sinners before the Lord exceedingly. In Genesis chapter 19, verse number 4, we see again an incident take place in Sodom, and I'm sure some of you are familiar with it, but I just want to kind of just dive right into it. I don't have time to, again, look at the context and all those things. You certainly could later if you had time and opportunity. Uh, Genesis 19, verse number 4, it says, But before they lay down the men of the city, even the men of Sodom, compassed the house round, both old and young, all the people from every corner. And they called the law and said unto him, Where are the men which uh, came into thee this night? Bring them out unto us that we may know them. And Lot went out of the the door unto them and shut the door after them and and said, "I, I pray you, brethren, do not so wickedly. Behold, now I have two daughters which have not known man. Let me, I pray you, bring them out unto you and do unto them uh, as as is good to you in your eyes. Only unto these men do nothing, for therefore came they under the shadow of my roof. Now this is one of the most grotesque and wicked things you can find in the Bible to some degree. I'll be honest with you. I try to be honest all the time. We use that phrase way too much today. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. I'll be honest with you. Well, aren't you honest all the time? Hopefully you are, or try to be honest all the time. Anyways, the sidetrack. Anyways. <clears throat> so you have a city, you have two guests coming to a house, and two guests that have never probably been to that city before, be like coming to Valley City, but maybe a larger city, wherever it might be. Two guests come into your house, and people find out that there's someone new that's come to the city. And they want to defile these men. I'm not going to go into any details. They want to defile these men that have gone into your house as guests. And you're a Christian. They weren't called Christians then, but you're, you're described as being a just man in the New Testament. Your name is Lot. And because the world is so corrupt and the city is so corrupt, that corruption has corrupted you, that you say to these people that come to your house and say, hey, we want to know these guys. They want to know them. I'm not going to go into detail what knowing means, there, but that's sexual perversion. they want to know them. You know, they want to know them, but instead of saying, oh, I'll let them go out to them, I, I'm going to send my two daughters who are virgins, and I'm going to send them out of my house. And you do whatever you want to them. <laughs> I see Mrs. Walker shaking her head. Are you kidding me? Yeah, that's, that's, that's how wicked it was during this day. A sexually perverse time. I mean, people just found out. Hey, a couple new guys in town. Let's get to know them, not know them like you would think know them, but to sexually be perverse with them. Again, sad to see, but again, in those days, it just was a very wicked time. Do to them what seemeth good to you. Imagine saying that as a father about your two daughters. It's terrible. It's tragic. Someone says, well, why, why did God destroy this, this city? It was a wicked, wicked city. It was a wicked, wicked city. Genesis 18 describes this city in these words. In verse number 20, it says, And the Lord said, Because the cry of Sodom and Gomorrah is great, and because their sin is very grievous. Their sin, very, very sexually perverse. Let's turn to the book of Jude, if you would. I just want to, I'll come back to Genesis here in just a little bit. But again, you see again, the, the Bible describes Sodom and the sinfulness of this city. And uh, certainly a very wicked, wicked city. I don't know that I can name a city that's like on this city where you would see such perversion. But again, you see the the, the perversion of the days of Lot. They were about building and, and they were about doing all these kind of things and, and, uh, Jude describes it this way in in verse number 7 and verse number 8. It says, Even as Sodom and Gomorrah, the cities above them in like manner, giving themselves over to fornication and going after strange flesh, are set as an example, suffering the vengeance of eternal fire. Okay, so what's the perversion there? Fornication and going after strange flesh. Man, that's, that's not good. Again, I'm not here to, again, uh, again maybe exposit on that, but again, fornication is anything outside the bounds of marriage, some kind of sexual perversion. This is all kinds of it, fornication and wickedness. If you turn back to Genesis chapter 19, again, as I think about the days of Lot, the days were of extreme wickedness, but I want to also mention here, as you think about the days of Lot, it was a day of extreme vocalness. Again, some would say, what do you mean by that? Well, look at Genesis chapter 19. When you find, again, these men come to this place, and, and they, they try to find quarters there, and they're going to see how this city is doing. These are actually angels of God, I believe, that were sent here. And uh, anyways, you see in verse number 4 and verse number 5, it says this, and, and, and they lay down before the city. Even the men of Son encompassed the house, and it says in verse number five, and they called on the law and said unto where be the men that, that, that came on to the night? Bring them out that we may know him. And he went in, uh, the door and shut the door after him. And uh, you see there, uh, again they they just uh, can't can't have enough. The men they compass and, and they and they they called they called on the law and said unto them, they called. They're vocal about their sin. You know, out of the closet. Heard about that out in the closet. We're now out and open. Are they vocal today? Are people vocal concerning sexual wickedness? Here's my fiancé. We're living in the same house. We're committing fornication together, but don't, don't be concerned about that. We love each other. You, see, you can see that. I mean, almost <laughs> the gamut of actors out there, Right? <laughs> I'm not saying they're not, no, they're not all married, but I'm just saying it's just extreme. You've got teachers in public schools trying to teach children vocally what's vile, what's wicked. You've got professors doing the same thing. You've got politicians promoting it. Oh, this is the first what? Sexually perverse person in this office. I mean, it's vocal, it's loud. Call them. I mean, and quietly say, hey, you know, slip them a letter or something, you know. Didn't have letters, I don't know, but I'm just saying it was just completely open, public, vocal. I mean, this exchange here, it's, it's crazy to see here in the Bible, but you see this craze, uh, the craziness of the city. All the people from every quarter, verse number four, came there to try to partake in this time to together. Again, where's the world headed? towards the days of Lot, towards the days of Noah, like the days of Lot, like the days of Noah. Let's turn back to Matthew chapter 24, if you would. Matthew chapter 24. And uh, looking there at the end of the chapter, I just want to mention again, as, as you look there, as the Bible describes again, this happening before Noah entered in the ark and also before Lot seen his city destroyed by fire from heaven. Uh, again, I just want to mention before the day, before, uh, again, that the Lord doth return, going to be marked by extreme corruption. And then God's going to come along and he's going to judge the world. Starting with Israel. And uh, judge the world through a number of different things that will come from heaven. You see them described in the Revelation and other places. And so, again, someone says, what's, what's going to happen there? Uh, the, the, the days will get, like the days of Lot, the days of Noah, and things will wax worse and worse, people being deceived and being deceived. And that's what I see in the Bible. That's what I find in the Bible. Notice here in verse number 40, it says, Watch therefore for an hour that you think not the Lord doth come, for, uh, but know this, that if the good man house had known uh, in which wash the thief would have come, he would have watched and would have not suffered his house to be broken up. Therefore, be also ready for the. In such an hour, they think of not, the Son of Man cometh. Who then is a faithful and wise servant, whom the Lord hath made ruler over his house to give him meat in due season? Blessed is the servant, whom his Lord, when he cometh, find him so doing. Verily I say unto you that he shall make him ruler over all his good, but if the evil servant shall say, My Lord doth delay his coming. I just want to mention this. You know, there'll be people preparing for his coming. There'll be people saying he's he's delayed his coming and they're not ready for his coming. In, In these cases, you see some prepared for his coming, some not ready for his coming. Do you believe in his coming? Do you think he's coming? Where's the world headed towards? His coming. Let's turn to John chapter fourteen. Jesus will come back. Jesus will come back, just like the flood took again uh, uh, Noah and his company away and and that sort of thing. Again when Jesus come back, he'll take his children away. Again, a lot escaped the judgment there of God there in the city of Sodom and Gomorrah and escaped away from this place for a a time, etc. So will we escape this time. Again, I can look at some verses in the book of Revelation, but I don't have time. But I want to look at this. We looked at this verse last week, but I want to read it again. Uh, Romans chapter, sorry, John chapter 14 Verse number one through three, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare him a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. You know, the Bible and Jesus describe what the days Before his coming will be like, like the days of Noah, like the days of Lot. But it also describes here hope concerning his coming. He will come again. For what purpose will he come again? Can you see that in verse number three? I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. He's going to come again to get his children, to bring his children home. Again, when we talk about his coming... Christians talk about the rapture. Let's turn to Titus chapter 2. What's coming? I don't know when it's going to come. Just like the, the time of Jesus' I mean, just like the time when uh, Noah and Lot, they didn't know exactly when, when these things would happen, the destruction by fire, the destruction by a flood. But uh, we do know this. In, in Titus chapter 2, verse number 13, it talks about its coming. And again, I'm going to look at a number of verses here that talk about It's coming. Uh, Titus chapter 2, verse number 13. I, I know this, that Jesus is coming too, not just corruption. I know Jesus is coming. Verse 13, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and our Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and in himself a peculiar people zealous of good works. You know, Christians, they're not looking forward to what's coming upon the earth or the tribulation period that we'll talk about here uh, down the road a little bit. But here it mentions the blessed hope that Jesus will return. I will come again receive you unto myself. His return. Looking for. What are you looking for? Are you looking for the blessed hope? Let's turn to Matthew chapter 13. Again, when we talk about the blessed hope, when we talk about the last days, we don't know what time period we really truly are as far as the last days, but it's getting to look a lot like the days of Noah and the days of Lot, is it not? More and more? I think it is. I might be wrong and you might think I'm wrong and maybe I am wrong, but I I think it's getting a lot more like that. I mean, I don't remember historically where countries were recognized gay marriage. Or 50 years ago, did they? I don't remember back in the 50s and before that they had pride weeks to have people parade through cities about sexual things that they shouldn't be involved with that are wicked. I mean, it's getting more like the days a lot, isn't it? Sometimes some, some people come to your house, maybe not a whole city of people come to your house, but don't some people sometimes come to somebody else and go into their house and and do sexual wickedness with them? Yeah, it happens here and there. It doesn't happen everywhere. It doesn't maybe happen where you are, where I am, but it's, it's getting to be a wicked, more wicked day. Matthew 13, verse number 32. Matthew 13, verse 20, 32, it says, which indeed, uh, which indeed uh, is indeed the least of all seeds, but when it groweth, it's a grave's fallers and it becometh a tree, so that the birds of the air come and lodge in the trees thereof. Another parable is faking unto heaven. is like unto a leaven, which he, I must have got the wrong reference. You've got to have that every once in a while. Uh, <laughs> a leaven, which a man took, and leavened the whole house. I'm trying to find... Um, Quickly trying to look around, but I can't even find it. Anyways, but of that day and hour knoweth no man, know not the angels of heaven. We looked at that in uh, one of those passages, either in Luke 17 or Matthew 24, said basically along that lines too. But Matthew, I believe 13, says that somewhere. I just can't find it. Wrong reference here. But uh, let's turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, this should also say that. Again, I, I just point this out because you have many references in the Bible that mark uh, the, the reality that no one will know and can point out the day that the Lord doth return. And I just say that because there's people that have historically uh, pointed out certain days this is when the Lord doth return. We're not going to know the day and hour. Luke chapter. Twelve in verse number forty, it says this: "Be ye therefore ready at, uh, also for the Son of Man cometh at an hour that ye think not. Uh, it's a t- an hour that we think not. It's not a time that we know for sure. It's upcoming. We don't know how long it's going to be. But let's turn to James chapter five as as we know that the Lord is going to return. This is. What we say many times as preachers, the next thing on God's prophetic calendar is the Lord's return. Uh, James chapter 5, verse number 3 we look for the blessed hope, the return of the Lord Jesus Christ. We look forward to Him receiving Him, receiving us unto Himself, as John chapter 14 says. Uh, James chapter 5 and verse number 8 says this Be ye also patient, establish your heart. For the coming of the Lord draweth nigh, or near. And so we're to be patient concerning his coming. Yet we don't know when he doth come. Let's turn to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. But we do know, I just want to mention that, we do know the manner in which he will come. And again, this is described here in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse number 13 through 18. You'll hear this word or term, the rapture. Uh, that's the way the Lord's going to return. He's going to return for his saints. Keep in mind, he said he would return for uh, believers there in John chapter 14. He has to do that. He will do that. The Bible says in several passages he will do that. Here's how it's described here in First Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 13. It says, I would not that you be ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not as as others that have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them that sleep in Jesus will God bring with him. For this we say unto the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent or precede them that are asleep. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trump of God, and the dead in Christ shall rise first, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. How is he going to receive us? He's going to receive us into the clouds. Verse 7, it says, Then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. So shall we ever be with the Lord. Where is this world headed Towards a day when the believers on this earth are going to be caught up together to be with the Lord. Those, again, that are dead in Christ will be raised, as it mentions there also. But we see again, it mentions again what the Lord's return will be like. So if you ever hear someone say, well, in California, the Lord did return. Nobody really seen him return, or he, he, he appeared invisibly, somewhere, or he's over in Iran or Iraq, or wherever he might be, and, and you, you hear he just he's, he's doing teaching on the earth somewhere. That's not how he's going to return. We have a clue in the Word of God how he's going to return. When he returns, he's going to call for believers to come on him. They're going to come up to him. Again, let's turn to Revelation chapter 4. Revelation chapter 4. They're going to come to him, and uh, he's going to come, the Lord himself... It's not going to be uh, some other representative, but the Lord himself is going to come. I believe Revelation chapter 4 is, a, again, a passage that certainly seems to point uh, towards, again, what he might say when he returns. And again, this is maybe a little conjecture here, but uh, it says in verse number 1, it says, After this I looked, and behold, a door was opened, and heaven, the first voice which I heard was with them, a trumpet talking with me, saying, Come up hither, and I'll show thee things that must be hereafter. Come up hither. A trumpet talking with me said, come up hither. Trumpet somehow saying, come up hither. A trumpet calling people up. Let's turn back to 1 Thessalonians. Isn't isn't that kind of what you see going on in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2? Verse number 16, the Bible says the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trump of God. And the dead of Christ shall be, shall be, uh, rise first. So a trumpet. Michael, with the voice of an archangel. Jesus, I believe again, will have Michael with him. The voice of The archangel. People sometimes wonder, is it Gabriel? Is it Michael? What is it? Again, I don't have time this morning here to look at it, but you'll see again, the only one described in the Bible as being an archangel is Michael. Here's some references you can write down. Jude 8, Revelation 12, 7. He's in charge of the angels. I'm almost perfectly positive this archangel will be Michael. Why isn't he named here? He doesn't need to be named here. He's named elsewhere in the Bible. The trumpet will sound with the trump of God. Jesus will come. With the trump of God, he'll call believers to rise, to come to the clouds, to be with him, to ever be with the Lord, as the Bible describes in another passage. Let's turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. I need to wrap this thing up here this morning, but where's this world headed towards Corruption, utter corruption, the most vile kinds of corruption. And I believe, again, we'll see that corruption. We may not see with our eyes, but believers will see that corruption before the Lord doth return. We also see the Lord will return. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, and uh, looking at verse number 35, it says, But some men will say, How are the dead raised? And with what body do they come? And I just mentioned, you know, back in First Thessalonians, it talks about the dead being raised. And how do they come? Well, verse 42, it says there, so also in the resurrection of the dead, it is sown corruption, it is raised in incorruption, it is sown in dishonor, it is raised in glory, it is sown in weakness, it is raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There's a natural body, there's a spiritual body. So it is written, the first Adam was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. Howbeit, that was not the first, was spiritual, but was natural and after was spiritual. The first man is earthly, uh, of the earth and earthly. The second matter is the Lord from heaven. The Lord from heaven is going to be involved with this resurrecting of the body. And the natural body is going to be raised. It says there verse number 44, a spiritual body. Spiritual body to meet the Lord there, to be able to go to heaven, to be in this heavenly realm after the rapture, so shall we ever be with the Lord, says there first Thessalonians four verse 17. Let's turn back to our text, if you would, Matthew chapter 24. Again, as we look forward to the future, as we see things around us, maybe we don't want to see, we see things in the eyes of getting like the days of Noah, the days of Lot, times of wickedness, corruption, perversion, violence, ungodliness, and few being saved. Matthew 24, verse number uh, 6. I just want to read part of this passage before we close here today. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of roars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass. But the end is not yet. For a nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom and there shall be famines and pestilence and earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. He goes on and talks about some other things we read through that but let's look at the end of the chapter. verse number 40 uh, 37 sorry it says, As in the days of Noah, so shall the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days they were before the flood, they were eating and drinking and marrying, and giving to marriage until the day that Noah entered in the ark, and knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall the coming of the day of the Son of Man be. You know, people aren't expecting the Lord to return. I mean, some are. But he come, he's coming in an unknown, unexpected, unusual manner. He's coming, as, as the Bible describes him, coming back there in First Thessalonians chapter 4 there to come back for his own, call them to heaven to be with him. We are, I believe, in, in stages 10 towards the days of Noah and towards the days of Lot. Violence, corruption, all these things will continually increase until the Lord doth return. And he will take his children away. Let's close as we consider the Word of God. And if you're part of those children, you'll be taken away into the clouds to be ever with the Lord. I encourage you to think about those things and to encourage people to prepare to meet Jesus.